Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, moving closer to kickoff between Kentucky and Mississippi State. And it's, uh, I'm sure it's been for Kentucky fans uh, a long two weeks waiting to play another football game. Yeah, it has been. You know, we got out to interviews yesterday, and you could tell uh, just from Liam Cohen's comments, some of the, uh, well, mostly his comments were all I heard, but it's not quite to the extent of fall camp, you know, where they're going up against each other all the time, but it is an extra week of kind of hitting your, hitting on your teammates and all your buddies. So I'm sure they're excited to be back in the game week and, and preparing for a, a new opponent, an opponent that they have uh, struggled mightily with on the road during not only the Mark Stoops era, um, but even a couple of games, or I guess just one game before the Mark Stoops era. So I had to refresh myself, Sean. People might remember this. Uh, UK actually lost both games, but they benefited when Missouri and AM came into the league. Do you remember how UK got two straight home games against yep. Mississippi State? Yep, I do. Uh, the, I wouldn't remember that, though, until you mentioned it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not something that you just – look back and say hey back-to-back years playing in Lexington but no this is a series that it's always been competitive but it hasn't been competitive in Starkville in a long time Uh, now Dan Mullen when he was there obviously had that winning streak against Kentucky there for a period late in like 2008 or 2009 through what 16 I believe that winning streak lasted but the last Kentucky win in Starkville Dickie Lines junior caught a touchdown pass i'm pretty sure that's how long ago it's been yeah randall cobb was out there uh tossing that thing around running for a touchdown throwing for a touchdown he uh i I went back and read the game recap i didn't i didn't remember this i mean hell it's been 13 years but uh uk actually blocked a kick a field goal i mean or extra point (laughs) Uh, they blocked an extra point to win 14 to 13 so you know that was a struggle as it was a lot of times on offense, I think, just trying to remember that 2008 season. They had some good performances, and they had some really bad ones too. But, um, Sean, I was digging some numbers, and I think this will even surprise people who who, who haven't dug in as much. I mean, I feel like I follow this stuff very closely. Obviously, it's my job. But um, so I pulled up the road records under Mark Stoops for every permanent road or every permanent opponent in the SEC. So, obviously, that's the six other – SEC East teams along with Mississippi State. So I won't go through every single record here or what the margin of loss was. I actually didn't pull those numbers for the teams that they had actually beaten before. Georgia, to no surprise, Kentucky's 0-5. And a lot of those games down there have been pretty brutal. Uh, They have lost those five games by an average of 26 points. I want to say the closest game. It was actually just the one that they played. 17 so getting that touchdown there at the end made it the closest game that uk had played on the road under mark stoops at georgia but it's georgia you know what i mean like you kind of expect it to some level this mississippi state series is just crazy in a way because like what you were saying it is a very competitive series all time and it's tied and uk has won the last what three yeah they won the last three at kroger field but they go to starkville man and it's just a terrible place for them so get this sean it's the only other team on the permanent schedule uk is not beaten on the road under mark stoops obviously they're 0 four just take a wager what you think the average margin of defeat is in those games in those four losses 
Yes. 27. Not quite. You're, you're not crazy far off. 21. So they've lost every game down there besides one. The, the six-point loss back in 2013. That was the Thursday night uh, game, too, wasn't Thursday it? Thursday night, yep. Uh, good memory there. And uh, <laughs> that was the closest game they had. And, you know, the thing is, uh, one other thing I want to point out before getting back into the series. They, uh, Kentucky, that is, this is something to actually watch to see how this team is doing, I guess, in comparison to some others. They have trailed by double digits in the first half every single time they've gone down there under Stoops. Every time. Uh, I think the closest it's been at halftime, I think, was maybe 11 points. I might have that one wrong. What was, it when they, what was it when they ran the play to Greg Hart instead of C.J. Conrad down there in 2017? Because I remember yeah, that was the play that kind of swung the game. Yeah, I don't remember what the score – I think – I, I do remember Mississippi State really turned it on in the second half that year. It might have been 17-7 that year at halftime. 2015 was a pretty competitive first half. And if you remember, Mississippi State scored, I think, uh, 17 points in the final 134 of that game, or the first half of me. Let me pull that up. Because that was – if you remember, that was back around a time that, like, Stoops got a lot of flack for how his team closed the first half. I think – weren't they down – like a touchdown that year in 2017 when that play happened and that gave Mississippi State the ball or something and they went and got a, a – or I can't remember. Maybe it was 10-7 or something. I just remember – I got it pulled up right here. In 2015 or 17, like you're talking about, it was uh... – Because I know the halftime score was definitely 17-7, but you remember the play where Boogie yeah. Watson missed the ta- – I think it was Boogie – that had a tackle there on the outside, and I and think it was – uh ran a touchdown, yep, right? ran a touchdown. I remember it just completely swung the game. Yep. So, Jace Crispin made a field goal with 314 left that year to make it 10-7, and then they uh, scored a touchdown. And then the second half was just a total blowout. Really, it's the fourth quarter. They, they poured it on in the fourth quarter. That 2015 game, it was 14-10. to 10. So, UK actually had a lead at the end of that first quarter. So they were hanging in there compared to normal in Starkville. <laughs> um, gave up a touchdown with 13.38 left to make it 14-10, to 10, and it stayed that way. So, UK was hanging in there. And then at the end of the first half, <clears throat> excuse me, that's when it got away from them. With 134 left, Prescott threw a touchdown, and then he got a, then Prescott had a 20-yard touchdown run a minute later. So, they got the ball back. And it went from a 14-10 to 10 game you know, with two minutes left in the half to 28-10. Or actually 28-13, Kentucky went down and hit a field goal. But That's the one game in this series that I don't really remember much from for some reason, and I don't know why. I just remember Chris Westry intercepted Dak Prescott, and that was a pretty big deal at the time because I don't think he had thrown many interceptions. Yep. That was uh, Westry's freshman year too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. The reason we're going through this, and I want to point it out, is that, uh, you know, these have been good, solid for the most part. Mississippi State teams. I mean that twenty that twenty thirteen team wasn't wasn't very good, but you know UK's team was awful, so it's not one you really expected to win. I, I just can't put my finger why this has been so difficult for them to play there, Sean. I, I really can't figure it out, especially with the success they've had at home. I mean, you go back yeah. to twenty eighteen, UK won by twenty one. You go back to last year, they won by twenty two. <laughs> so yeah. this series has gotten really lopsided for the home team. Yeah, it's it's an unbelievable because you group in the teams that Kentucky have, has beaten 
in some of these seasons, and you would say that they were better than the Mississippi State teams that they've lost to. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But I'll ask you this as we move and transition into now. This bye week, they, they've been – it's been kind of hit or miss when it comes off bye weeks, especially against Mississippi State. It always seems like this is the team that they're playing when they come off a of bye week. Now, do you think that not only did the bye week help them, but getting motivated again, you're 6-1, you're, you're number 12 in the polls, the, new, the first college football playoff rankings come out this Tuesday, so that's enough – or next Tuesday, that's enough motivation itself. But how much more motivation do you, do you think they have to actually just get this streak over with down there? That, that has to help, right, coming off a of bye week? Yeah, I'm always curious about this game, how the players view it. Luke Fortner talked about it yesterday, and I think he's – you know, he said he, you don't really think of it as a rivalry game, but it is because they play him every single year. I mean, it is by the conference standard, UK's permanent rival. I mean, whether it's – I don't sense much hatred at all. I mean mm-hmm. – <laughs> really at all i don't i don't see any like online chatter ever for, for this game i believe the fact that they opened as an underdog in vegas helps a little bit too because that's yeah. kind of a i mean in the mississippi state's a hard team to figure out they beat AM, they lose to lsu they lose to memphis i mean it's they're really hard if you're talking about teams that you just cannot figure out they have to be one of them that are they good are they bad are they somewhere in the middle i have no idea you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I think... um... You know, I think this team coming off a of bye, it was it was pretty necessary. I mean, I, th- I think you'd feel a lot worse about this game if you had to go play it right after playing at Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Getting uh, and I know we we're going to talk about it, but you know they were able to heal up a little bit getting Josh Ali back, and that was that was kind of the news from the day before we got on here is that um, which Will Levison said last night that Ali was back practicing, uh, but Stoop said the day on the teleconference that. Ollie would definitely be playing against Mississippi State. Getting him back is, is big, just uh, especially if you're going to not have – from the way they made it sound, I mean, Isaiah Cummings will have to make a, a miraculous recovery basically the next few days uh, to play against Mississippi State. So, And then we don't really know the status of Jatah McLean either, so those are two offensive guys that you would expect to be coming around. So getting Ollie back will definitely help that wide receiver room. But – yeah, I don't – I think they should definitely be motivated. But what I was getting at, I just don't know that this game holds the kind of historical meaning that winning at Florida, yeah. winning at Tennessee has. I mean, this is a very, in my opinion, you know – Well – How many people around the country know that UK hasn't won in Starkville? That's, that's exactly what I was about to say to you. People yeah. outside of fan bases within this series, when they see that – graphic pop up this weekend on sec nation or something it's probably gonna catch a lot of people by surprise yeah. given how good kentucky has been the last six years it probably gives you even 
catches you by surprise even more. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I think you probably feel this way. I definitely felt like with the healthy quarterback, they were better than that Mississippi State team in 2019. But uh, that was, again, they just played – Poorly, and that happens whenever you're trying to just gut through it with an injured quarterback. I mean, that was, they had plenty of chances that game, despite you, getting down by 18 in the first half. And you and I have been to a lot of different stadiums in the SEC and a lot of different stadiums with college football that it's a good environment, but it's not an environment that should lead to what they've had against Kentucky. I mean, the cowbells are annoying, but other than that, like it's not an environment that's going to just make you shake and be scared to death and have all kinds of false starts and all kinds of penalties on offense. It's it's definitely not going to be as loud as what we just left two weeks ago. Like, that place was deafening loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were fired up. They were fired up for that game. Uh, you know, I don't know. You remember a couple of years ago, or I guess last year, Stoops, um, he broke up how they did the Tennessee trip. Yep. He had talked about how they didn't like how they traveled down there. I don't, I don't know how much it mattered, but they played their best game in Knoxville in a long time won the game. I don't know what the routine has been with Starkville, but it might be time to consider uh and it doing should something be noted else. too. That's a that's a two hour bus ride from the airport to Starkville for them. So they fly, but then it's like a two hour bus ride if I'm not mistaken, Derek. That's over from the airport. Cool. So it's it's one of those and there's a lot of places like that in the SEC where you cannot fly directly in to these towns that you've got to go elsewhere and then take a bus over. Cause I know when they lost in 2017, you know, I, I know Steven Johnson very well. And he, he talked about it was the longest bus ride from the stadium at Starkville over to the airport and back home, that it just drags it out. So I, it, it is a weird trip compared to going to Gainesville, uh, going to Alabama, going somewhere else. It's a, it's a weird one. And, and, you know, you're right. It is. It's, it's different in a lot of ways. Like Fortner mentioned yesterday that you get more sound in between plays in Starkville than you do other places because they're just the cowbells go crazy the cowbells yeah nonstop. whereas you know most places like after the play happens there's cheering and then you know people kind of settle down and then once the team gets back up to the line then what is the rule now that can they not shake the cowbells when they're over the ball is that what it is yes yeah when the play starts right and you know i'll be over the ball yeah if i'm not mistaken last time i was down there i still heard some cowbells oh yeah i mean how are you gonna place that right and it's I mean, an open press box. I mean, it's a great environment. Really disappointed you won't be there <laughs> to experience yeah. it this year, but you're probably not disappointed that you don't have to travel. I'm not disappointed about getting up late or getting up early after staying up late and driving eight hours or whatever um, back. But I, I like Mississippi State. I really do. I think they got a beautiful field down there, a good facility. Um, I mean, I know it. The stadium that's had a lot of work done to it in recent it years, has. too. Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be curious to handle this. And then another note too. I mean, not as big because it's not going to be like a, a terribly cold night. But I think the low in Mississippi that night is around forty five, maybe forty six. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, what's the coolest game they've played in this year? It's, you know what I mean? Like they've not had one that's been below really at all sixty eight yeah. or sixty seven degrees. I mean, it's been warm every single game. Yeah, so that'll be a, a different element. Uh, you can already see that Tennessee game in about another week is going to be freezing cold. You just know it. Oh, Wes Rucker, who uh, we had on the podcast last year, has a theory that at any given time in Kentucky and Tennessee play football in Lexington, it's like the coldest place on earth. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll be that way this year. But, I mean, you would expect, what, November, 
at seven o'clock. When's the time go back? Will the time? I think that I think that night actually is when time switches over. Is it really? I think so. Uh, that's you can look that in fact check me on that. But uh, <laughs> that's an old person thing for me to know when the time goes back. But I was trying to figure out, you know. Well, I can go ahead and tell you, I can't see Saturday on my app, but I can see next Friday in Lexington has a high of 48 and a low of 34. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's going to be cold that night. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hell, they played that one year in October, I think, and it was like spitting snow when Steven Johnson scored the game-winning touchdown. I'm pretty sure it wasn't even November yet for that game, and it was crazy cold. Um, I'm going to look up that weather forecast right now. (laughs) Well, day weather, Lexington, Kentucky. Well, it doesn't get above 48 for two days at the end of that app. That's all I can see on the, the app on my iPhone. It's 48, 37, 48, 34. Yep. So oh, 37 on November 6th. Oh, oh, boy. I'm glad we're upstairs in the press box. Yeah, good news, though, if you're going to be out there, not much wind. Yeah. Doesn't At least as of now. I mean, that could change, but the wind won't be too bad. But uh, It could be chilly, that is for sure. And one more thing before we wrap this thing up, we just wanted to hop on here today and talk a little uh, how Starkville's been a house of horrors for this Kentucky team. I want to put you on the spot and have you guess, uh, not necessarily guess game by game, the times. Is Tennessee, in your opinion, going to be UK's last night game of the year? (sighs) We got Vanderbilt, New Mexico State. Those two, those two definitely won't be night games. Now, a couple years ago, Louisville got moved. To that night spot, I'm going. Yeah, awful that year. I'm going to say. I'm going to say it'll be. Louisville either be at noon or it'll be the seven thirty game on it. Yeah, let's go noon. I'll I'll go noon ACC ACC network. So yeah, yeah. my guess as well is that the next uh, three after Tennessee will all be during the day. I mean, yeah, there's no question they're not putting New Mexico State Kentucky on at night, which (laughs) won't be bad. I mean, if you're a Kentucky fan, I mean. New Mexico State's at home, but the other two are on the road. Warmer weather in the day than what you'd have at night anyhow, that time of year. I think the cold will affect the crowd any for the Tennessee game. I don't. I don't. Because I remember Georgia in 2016 when it was really cold and it was really, really loud and really good. The, the year that they – if they had won, they'd take over. They'd t- taken over first place in the East. That's a really good crowd. Yeah, and I think if they win this Saturday, I don't. I think it could be ten degrees, and I think that place would be going crazy. If they're seven and one and in the top ten in the AP poll, the coaches poll, and the college football playoff rankings, that place is going to be going nuts. You just need some chaos to ensue in football the next week, and you don't know where you are in those first playoff rankings. Yeah, and of course we'll have an episode. Uh, either shoot, maybe not that night when they come out because UK's got a basketball game. But uh, speaking of that, nine thirty tip for Kentucky Duke. Duke be a late one up there but uh yeah that night so we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about that next day and we'll try to figure these episodes out another trip I won't be making I think Sean is going to New York so yeah I'll be there he'll have boots on the ground there I'll be home chilling on the couch watching these games so uh Sean if there's nothing else we'll uh be back tomorrow with another episode yeah. Uh, are you wanting to do a football mailbag or anything before they go to Starkville, or do you want to wait till after? No, I'd say we can throw one out here and okay. see if people uh, – there's that'd enough interest. That could, yeah, feel, guess, that could feel Thursday, honestly. That could feel yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, if, if you all have questions, if we get enough to justify doing a mailbag, then, then we'll do it. I actually already had one in the DMs. 
I don't get a whole lot of mailbag questions, but I already have one. So if we get enough to, to put an episode together, definitely, because this week, this is our first football episode this week. Well, really, since uh, I don't know the last time we did one. Yeah, it was late. Took a few days off. Last week. But yeah, as Derek said, send in your football mailbag questions. You, I'll put up a, a tweet on Wednesday night for you to put them in there, or you can send them via DM. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. I am going to the pub tonight, too, by the way. So nice little plug there. That's what I've turned into my Wednesday evenings as I go to the pub and hang out for a bit. So a great place to catch a game, just catch a meal, and just have a good time. So make it out to one of those locations. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 